fucking legend. I felt like I felt like if my wife went out to the club and she was a little bit tipsy, like not trash drunk, but a little bit tipsy, and the only man there that could give her a ride home was John Legend, I'd feel pretty good about that. I'm like, yeah, he ain't gonna do shit. What's he gonna do? He's not gonna give her a look. You're gonna put on you're gonna put on ordinary people, get her to drop them drawers, John. Get the fuck out of here. People magazine, John Legend, sexiest man. Fuck out. <laughs>
when he met him. So that's uh, problematic. But, you know, again, it's cool to live out the Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys 2 scene, which is kind of essentially in the same vein of what T.I. was kind of trying to do. But, you know, it is what it is. I didn't threaten violence against anybody. And I just feel like, like, we don't know. We don't know that. <laughs> we don't. But I mean, I don't know if she has a, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever or not. But I just feel like a lot of times when you have people like uh, the Ox DJ and El Chapa and, and just people of that level, it's like they pick one portion of the argument and then they just keep going on and on about certain things. And it's like you can't like with El Chapa, she just can't see the good and what he's trying to do. Sure, you can't you can't like the method, you don't have to, but it's a good thing. If somebody was out here banging his daughter, you put it online, now he's all of a sudden a bad parent. Oh, he's a what street. Is, what is your 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 child's ass. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. As a person, as a person with children, I think it's time that I, I put in my things. I'm a dog father. So I definitely understand what's going on with you bitches. Um, so, like I said, when you have a person like El Chapa, she sits here, she runs a raggedy ass mouth all over this podcast, and and it's like I, I sat here and I watched her for a whole week. Then your ass don't even show up to the podcast. Mm. Shout out to you. But mm. yeah, yeah. It's, company, it's a lot of good company. Yeah, company with her magic wand or whatever you women use. Oh Problematic. Shout out to this uh, Christian-based podcast. But yeah, like Christian I said, you, you have to really look at the good and what the guy's trying to do. All he's trying to do is protect his daughter's name. There's so no, many STDs not. out here. Yes, he is. No, he's not. So many STDs out there. There's so many people that are out there trying to hurt these women, trying to break these women, trying to rape these women. We live in a culture where black women are coming up missing all the time. Protect your virginity, okay? Don't be like El Chapa. Wow. Oh. He, wow. he needs to, he, he's he's busy protecting his daughter's virginity, but doesn't care about his fifteen year old son's virginity. Get loose, right. nigga. or care about or care about where his dick is going because he's cheating on Tiny left and right. It does so, not, like he keep on saying he has like these good intentions. He didn't. He and I listened to the audio in the podcast. He never mentioned anything about STDs. He never mentioned anything about protecting herself. He didn't mention any of these things that you guys are talking about when you're talking about he has good <laughs> intentions. The only thing he cared about is. Is she still a virgin? That's all he cares about. That is not in any way protecting her from getting raped, from knowing how to uh, protect herself uh, when having sex. If when she decides to have sex, how to have enjoyable sex and all these things like he's T.I.'s big on rapping about sex and all this stuff. But his <coughs> kids, all he's like, he's all, oh, well, no, no sex for her. That's it. His intentions aren't good. The only thing he's trying to protect is his own persona and his own ego by making sure his daughter is still a virgin because in 2019, we still have this idea of women need to be pure and they need to be sacred until marriage. Like, women be fucking too. Like, we need to acknowledge this. Period. At some point, it like, T.I.'s, he's, no, he's full of shit, man. He's full of shit. He's not trying to protect his daughter. He's out here trying to protect his own name. But if if the byproduct of that Got her to being to that point. That's that's what I'm saying. We're not. It's there's no perfect way to turn it. Okay, that's that's fine. But it he it's got the result, he got the results that he wanted. Like, as a parent, that, it, I'm not agreeing with that. But again, it's also you fine. said that it was not spoke about about any health stuff. I'm pretty sure that the gynecologist probably went over that stuff. I'm sure it just wasn't just like, hey, just go check the hymen. T.I. didn't say anything about that. Okay, and I've said this before, there's not enough information for us to kind of know, so we're all actually just speculating. I'm going off of what T.I. told me. That's fine. I'm going off of the facts. Okay, so, all right. Because because we've all, because we've been to a gynecologist and know what they talk about, so that's cool. But again, for any any male out here to to say this and to act as this, and I read the the HIPAA laws, again, he he has the right as a parent to do that, whether it's right or wrong. You know, it's it's whatever, but he does have that right when she's a minor. So shout out to him. I'm still waiting for him to, to put a statement out. Like, I don't know, maybe he's going to tweet through it because, again, in this uh, society, you know, again, a day later, nobody really cared. Like, they got their hot takes off for 24 hours and, and something new, as as always. So uh, the new thing that came up tied to music that I think this was great that we have triples on. I was trying to get the homie Ocho on. He went AWOL. Uh, your, your boy, uh, Drizzy Drake. So I'm I'm not too familiar with the uh, the whole uh, Tyler the Creator culture. Shout out to KJ. That's kind of his thing. But 
there was a uh, he does a festival called Floglog Flogna, right? Sound right? I don't know. I don't know these things, but anywho, uh, he was brought out as a uh, special guest, and he was uh, greeted with lots of disappointment and booze to the point where he decided, you know what, guys, I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna head out. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Love and joy. So he definitely uh, left the stage. I'm sure he's very uh, in his feelings. You know, it wasn't in God's plan that he got he got booed off the stage. But I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Because uh, all the Twitter stands, all Aubrey's angels mobilized on Twitter, and there were like celebrities too, like caping for Drake. I'm like, bro, like he's a grown ass man with kids to get support, dog. Like let let that man take his L in, in private, man. Like why are y'all caping for this dude? And I'm sure he's not the first celebrity to get booed off stage. And again. You can't tell people what to like. If they wanted Frank Ocean, that's their prerogative. Like, people like who they like. I feel like maybe he should have. I, I just kind of feel like that maybe wasn't his crowd, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I looked at the list of people that have been to Flognog, and it, it does seem like a, a Drake type of crowd, if that makes sense. I, I don't like, I don't know if I buy that because YG was there, the baby was there. Like, in California, though. The baby's one of the hottest new artists, too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the last, what's the last hot song Drake put out? He was when he the last song Drake he put out the uh the shit with Rick he, Ross, right? He's on sicko no. mode too though. Nope. Sicko sicko mode is still like getting spins. So I think the I think the thing that surprised me the most about him getting booed is like I feel like we can all agree that Drake is the biggest star going right now. Right. So yeah. like, for him to get booed is pretty like I've never seen an artist at the height of their power. You know, the height of their popularity get booed off the stage. Like, I, and I, I did some googling, and I was like, you know, if you're a great, you're not getting booed off the stage. But like, like South Reeves was saying, people get booed off the stage. Not people get booed. You know what I'm saying? Like, Destiny's Child, they got booed, but it's their situation was a little bit different because it was like the halftime show at an NBA Finals in philadelphia when they were playing the lakers and it was like game three and they were getting blown out and you know how philly fans are they do everything so yeah. that, that situation is different I, I i found the video where i think michael jackson might have got booed but i don't think he got booed off the stage but it i feel like it says something about it, it says something about drake and it says something about uh that fan base and that crowd that was there but for you for, for you to be at the top of your game to be the most popular artist going, to be the best selling artist going, to have the hottest records, the most number ones, all that, whatever, whatever, all those accolades, and for you to get booed off the stage, it's, I mean, obviously it's not gonna end his career. No, but you know it, it, it speaks, it, it speaks gonna, on music. It speaks speak. on the music industry. Like you, you gotta be hot right now. I don't give a fuck what you did before. Like these new kids don't care about, you was hot and whatever. Like you gotta be hot now. That's he was hot just a few months ago. And and this is my thing. And we that's how fast society. music. That's how fast music moves. We, we live in a world now where it's cool to hate the trendy thing. These people, these fucking low life, probably a bunch of white crackers, out here listening to Tyler the Creator or Creator the Tyler, whatever the fuck his name is. They booed Drake just because that's the trendy thing to do is to hate on Drake. Drake is a top ten artist all time. He took time out of his busy schedule. Oh, hey, oh, shut up. Oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. He's a top 10 rap artist all time. Probably top 10 overall artist. Not true. Overall but... artists of all time. Probably going to be Pull top 10 name. with no classic album. Top 10 with no classic. Wow. That's a whole other So far gone, but we've done this several times. But like I said, I just feel like the, the trendy thing is to hate everything that everybody likes. And it's unreal. Like to me, at the end of the day, Drake's one of the greatest artists of all time. He takes time out of his day to go to your crummy ass festival, and you guys think that it's so cool to boo Drake because that's the cool thing to do. Hate on Drake, it's a cool thing to do. Shout outs to, to push a T. So that's we're, my we're, gonna get, we're gonna get KG out here real quick. We're gonna pause real quick. Uh go to add people. I'm gonna send you his email. I don't want to hit god damn it. He he actually, I think he watched the whole show. Like he, yeah, he said he was watching something. Yeah, my, so thing, he, my, my thing is it's like they're booing Drake for Frank Ocean. And like Frank Ocean just put out a song 
but he hasn't really been putting out consistent music, and his last album wasn't great. Like Frank Ocean isn't like a big well, hold name. Up. Let's, let's, like, let's, yeah. let's respect hey, his, you, let's respect his high though. His high is popping. Like I, it, that must feel great to have a high that you don't barely yes. show yourself. You're barely out in the streets, and they want you over Drake. Like that's crazy. Now, what I will say as we get a K Jam, uh, they were wrong. Like, well. Let me pose this question: Like, does the the idea of somebody be a le- being a legend is that like uh, does time affect that? Like, if you're a legend, do you have to wait till you're older? Does like the term legend is it generational? Like, the example that I use is that I went to a comedy show in New York to see Andrew Schultz, who's really funny. If you haven't seen him, definitely check him out. But uh, while we were at the show, they brought out two comedians. They brought out this one black guy who wears like a tango hat. I've seen him on BET. I don't know his name, right? cool funny funny dude but then after that they brought out jerry seinfeld right like i'm not a huge seinfeld fan i, I don't really i'm not really big known as work but i know he's a legend like nobody was in there booing seinfeld you know what i'm saying like even though i'm not a huge fan of him so exactly. I, I do feel, i do feel that it's wrong for you to boo drake like it's still drake even if you're not a fan you are not an obvious visual that's still drake that's still one of the biggest artists in the world I just and that's my point if it, I don't it's like, hey i don't want to see you that's your right but i mean he's still He's still that guy. Like I, I don't. I'm not a huge Drake fan, but Drake be spitting. Like he, he got some bars. I, I just. But, but what about that. wait? But what about when he acts though? Because okay, the initial booze. I can let's let's agree. Let's go with Breeze's statement. But then he acts. He was like, "Do you guys want me to keep performing?" And they said no. Like they made their choice. Like Drake then just decided to leave. Like I, I don't know. I don't think Drake should feel any type of way about it. I just think that shit happens like it's not his crowd everybody doesn't consume drake and i think the the common notion of like oh because he's the most consumed means that everybody is just supposed to just like give him this guy like treatment and these group of kids told him that's not how it works like we don't respect you because we don't really know you and what we know of you we don't like or we don't want you in this moment. Like whatever, whatever their thought process was behind was that's what they said that night. Clearly, the facts and the numbers prove, you know, otherwise that clearly niggas is listening to Drake. So I felt like at the end of the day, like shit happens. They didn't want to see Drake that night. Drake probably got paid to do absolutely nothing. And they both win. He gets some sympathy. He's gonna put out a track, make a little line on it, and he'll, you know, oh, he and he's gonna get Tyler the Creator on this next album. Right, like it's just gonna be something like something crazy, and then next thing you know, Drake is gonna be the king again. I just think it's crazy how like we are all supposed to feel sad for the nigga that like it's just continuously breaking multiple multiple hits because he had one bad fucking night, like one bad night, and now I'm supposed to be like poor Drake, get the fuck out of here. It was one night and one particular crowd. Like it's not like Drake pulled up to a Meek Mill show and got booed or pulled up to a YG concert and got booed. He got booed at a con- at a at a concert or a festival that is for emo kids essentially. Like come on. But isn't that but that's the thing I don't understand like the Venn diagram of fans that like Frank Ocean, that like Tyler the Creator, but don't like Drake. Like I was asking people, I was like, okay, who's the artist that doesn't get booed in that situation? And the consensus answers that I got was Kanye West Kendrick Lamar, Kid Cudi, and Beyonce, obviously. And I was just like, okay, so you like Tyler, the creator, you like Frank Ocean, you like Kanye West, you like Kid Cudi, you like Kendrick Lamar, and J. Cole was the other one. You like J. Cole, but you're going to boo Drake off the stage? I don't, like, I'm I'm trying to understand. It doesn't make, make sense to me that that crowd would like those particular artists but not like Drake. Because Drake doesn't scream doesn't cool. Drake scream, Drake doesn't scream cool. Like back in the day when Drake was like Tumblr friendly and shit like Drake does not scream cool for those set of kids. Like for you know for our people that we may hang out with or something possibly but for those set of kids like that's not that's not the standard. Like their standard is essentially like Tyler well, or ASAP to- Rocky. Shout out to Drake for handling that like a professional, but we're going to get these jokes off before KJ comes on. Shout out to uh, George72. <laughs> he had a picture of Drake writing some rhymes, and he said, crowd acting like me the way they didn't want, the way they didn't want to see the kid. I was like, bro, dog, they was going in on Drake, dog. Like, and I think Tribble said it, too. Like, We're living in a world where people are quick to run to Drake's defense and not get these jokes off, dog. I got my jokes the jokes. I was so disgusting. I was like, oh, this is going to be so funny. Like, It's going to be a good day on Twitter. And then everybody's like, 
you guys don't deserve Drake. I'm like, what the? Fuck yeah, come is on, this? man. What are, we, what are we doing? Like, wheelchair it, Jimmy strikes again. Like, it, it, shout out to uh, shout out to Osho. Like, he was he was wild on Twitter. Like, he was doing his his little viral thing as usual, talking about like, oh, posted pictures of kids that are uh, flog nog fans and Tyler fans. I'm like, oh, you know, we don't like Drake. We know real music. Like, what what do Drake fans look like? Because I feel they don't look as cool. I thought they look great. Yeah, I nah, thought they, they, I thought they, they don't look the same. KJ, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, bro? Yeah, all right. On this topic, so you have the floor. Bro. All right, so first off, I was kind of pissed when it first happened. Because at first, I was like, I was like, Frank ain't going to be out there. So I was kind of expecting Kendrick. So I was like, okay, that would be kind of fire if Kendrick was out there. But uh, when uh, ASAP Rocky and Uzi was out there, everybody was hyped. So I'm like, okay, all right. Then when Drake came out there, I was like, oh, everybody's, you know, for the first couple, two songs, they was, you know, hyped for it. Then they start booing because they thought he was going to be like the other people, like, you know, ASAP and uh, Uzi. And they start booing him. And I'm like, <laughs> what's wrong with y'all? And then, like, I was going around Twitter and um, everybody was talking about how Drake didn't fit the style of Kemp Flognall or the uh, the vibe of it. And I never understood that. That's the thing I didn't understand. They were like, Drake doesn't fit the uh, vibe of Kemp Flognall. And, I, you know, that was my main thing. What's the vibe of Kemp Flognall? Can y'all explain that to me? What y'all, what y'all think is the vibe of Kemp Flognall? I don't know. First of all, that sounds like Coke. some Crystal Lake shit. So Cocaine. I don't know what it's... Cocaine, Fiji water, see, hummus. <laughs> see, I was looking at like the last lineups, and in 2013, they had I think 2013 is probably like the most quote unquote vibe because they had Schoolboy, Flying Lotus, Mac Miller, and them. So I could see how people like quote unquote vibe of it, but then like the next year, they had Freddie Gibbs. I don't think cocaine rap <laughs> is the same as like Tyler the Creator, like you know, and like the next year after that, they had like Rick Ross. So I'm like, you can see like the whole point of Ken Flognaw is this is Tyler's creation with people that either Tyler's cool with or that people that like he loved to listen to. So that's why he invited Drake in the first place. Because even Drake said himself, he was like, you know, Tyler uh requested these two songs that I'm about to perform. So I'm like, and then they would then some fans were talking about they were uh telling Tyler to apologize. I'm like, bro, shut up. Oh. Yeah, hey man, yeah, I became a Drake fan after that, man. I'm a Drake fan. I'm Aubrey Angel. Uh, Aubrey Angel. Yeah, that's me, man. (laughs) Bro, come on, bro. You can't be. Okay, Jay. You can't. You can't be my blood saying that. Furthermore, let me probably point out because somebody on this podcast, uh, SB Seven reports whatever. SB Report Seven Hundred Six. You say, what does a Drake fan look like, Negro? One of your favorite songs is a Drake song. What are you talking about? Which one? Freaking uh, four p four a four p.m. in in Calabasas. You like okay. that song? You're a Drake fan. Okay, and there's Drake fans. So what do you look like? There's a spectrum. <laughs> there's a spectrum. You can't just pick the worst looking Tyler Creator fans and say that represents everybody. Just like you can't pick but, the best fans and say that represents everybody. It's a spectrum. But I get it. He's getting off jokes, but like people, to be honest, they like you're entitled to like who you like and like who you don't like. It is what it is. You don't have to like Drake. But hold you don't on. have to like Drake. I mean, he kind of right about Tyler fans look like that because uh, <laughs> I wear the like the short shorts and the Vans. That I be that's why I be wearing. So he got a point right there, man. They got the little uh, colorful shirts, the checkered shirts, and then they got the uh, the Vans. Yeah, Drake fans be wearing the V longs. That's what they would be wearing the V long with the little uh, what they call it, the fanny packs, not the fanny packs, the little handbags. That's what the uh, Drake fans be rocking, oh, man. Well, so you think they, they're rocking Arby's angle got man purses? That's yeah, they got the man purses out here, man. Okay. And they get their eyebrows threaded. They look like hey, Orange Montana in the face. So, See? all right. Well, well KJ, we, we appreciate your commentary. We're going to get you out here. Wait, 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 wait. Because uh, I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, acknowledge the artist that uh, Marcus uh, talked about last podcast. What was it? Emotional Oranges? Yes. Yes. Because uh, he said something about uh, there was like the adult version of the internet. And I was like, mm, can I listen to both a uh, projects? I don't know if I can say that. And reason why I say that because um, 
the music is different. Like the internet is more like a garage band. You know what I mean? Like they got that garage band vibe to it. Well, Emotion Oranges remind me of this other uh, duo by the name of Lion Babe. I think that's the name of them. But yeah, because I think they use more at like 808s than like the internet. I think the internet is just more of like a like a jam session, if that makes sense. Okay. Well. Oh, but, and uh, check, oh, and check out the loophole by uh, Garfunkel and something. And oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'll do that. All right. Bad, so appreciate it. Uh, let's let's move to the next topic. All right. So just be respectful. I mean, somebody you pretty much got like how much you Drake concert tickets for it. Like they're not cheap. Like appreciate what you were finna get for the free ski. You know what I'm saying? Well, whatever you pay for, it's gonna be way worth more than what you pay essentially. So yeah, Drake. Like I, I actually got to see Drake for well, not for free. At the he, um, J Cole brought him out when he did his show in Fayetteville, and like at that time, that was around the back to back situation with Meek. So you know, I was riding Team Meek Mill, and he dropped back to back in that stadium, and everybody went the fuck up. So I think like for most for most people with common sense to know that like these artists don't really have to do this shit like you will appreciate it you'll be in the moment you'll get caught up but I think when you're entitled when like you just so used to I mean that's not even like trying to diss the younger people but it's like everything they didn't got is like given to them all these new solutions just make shit that we you know that we've experienced easier so they just think like shit like this is supposed to happen because they tweet about it or because they put it on Instagram so I, I just think we we read in a little bit much into it, but I think it's a wake up call to artists, um, and in these labels that these kids want these want the music just as fast as you putting it out, and they want you to perform it. You know, if you dropping on Friday, you need to be out and out and about on Tuesday, Wednesday performing the song, because that's what the fans want. Like that's what we saw uh, with Frank Ocean fans and and this festival. Facts. So we'll uh, we'll skip around a little bit because I gotta rolling a few but i want to get a keep it with music real quick so i believe last tuesday i think last monday or tuesday was the 17th year of uh one of the greatest albums to ever be released uh the blueprint 2 the gift and the curse um you know back when i was on the corner moving bricks you know what i'm saying i was listening to blueprint 2 the gift and the curse and uh it was definitely inspirational you know it kept me warm on the block while i was holding it down you know what i'm saying working my way up the game the chain you know getting this money but uh i just want to hear what y'all thoughts on the album is real quick again we've probably talked about jv um 60 percent of our podcast we probably have at least like five six seven episodes dedicated to jay-z he is clearly a friend of the podcast so you know, shout out to jay-z if you're listening to this but um yeah i, I definitely been a uh a supporter of the blueprint too i feel like it's very underrated even though jay-z doesn't like it, but most artists don't like a lot of their hits, and they're too close to the music to understand its greatness. Uh, my favorite track on there is uh, "Show You How," and I was had my mind blown when I finally realized it was produced by Just Blaze, the Goat. So shout to Patterson, shout to New Jersey. What are y'all's quick takes on the album? Um, I'm kind of in the boat with Jay Z. Not my favorite favorite Jay Z album. I thought it was too long, um, but it did age really well. That, that, air, that was the era where albums were hella long, though. Yeah, I, I know. It's just still too long for me. Um, but I did run it back recently. It did age a lot a lot gracefully than I thought. Um, def, my favorite song on there is the actual track, Blueprint 2, simply because I felt like that was Jay-Z kind of like winning the rap battle, although people stopped paying attention. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just foreshadowed what the fuck he was about to do where we are today. So I just, I, I love any Jay-Z track where he just is literally talking cash shit. And of course, definitely the old stuff that he kind of, I guess, manifested in a sense. We can look back and see that he actually went and did it. So, yeah. Shout out to the, shout out to the, the guru never unleashed. There were definitely no flutes in that track, but yo, it is what it is. I, I see the vision, bro. I see the vision, but. Uh, Marcus, what are your thoughts? What's your favorite track on Blueprint 2? Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat as uh, Jay-Z. I don't think it's his best album. It's not a bad album by anyone else's standards, but as the greatest rapper ever, it's a bad album for him. Uh, I'd say my favorite album, or favorite song from disc one is The Watcher, and from disc two, it's uh, a ballad. The Watcher? Wow. 
I love the watcher. That's random. That was right. I was not expecting that, Mark. Wow. I like that. I like that. I like that. If I like right now, because I I think I listened to it recently. Yeah. Right after this point. Like yes. on this one, you got popping tags. You got exactly. You got, a, you got a hit. You got the watcher with popping tags. Hovey baby. The bounce. Well, the bounce was really bad, but the beat was good. Jay Slow on the watcher too was pretty ill. Like I like the watcher too. I'm not. I stand by it. And I Hobie, got, baby, like you, you know how I feel about the blueprint too. But I mean, I like to watch it. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Pick a different one, not that. That's like crazy. out of all the tracks, that might be the wildest thing I've heard in a long. That yeah. might be the worst music take I've heard in a while. <laughs> <laughs> out of all the out of all the things I've said about the blueprint too on this podcast and on Twitter, the thing y'all are gonna get on me for is liking the watcher. Like, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow, they yeah. got. I mean, a, you got a song with Jay Z, produced by Dr. Dre with Rakim on there. And that like what? Come like come on. I, that is an underrated flex. I'll give him that. Like shout out to Rakim. <sighs> Yikes! Wow. Adolphus, what are your thoughts on blueprint too? Um, so unlike y'all, I'm kind of in the the same. I, I didn't Blueprint Two is to me so low on the totem pole; it's just barely over Kingdom Come. Uh, but oh, whoa, whoa, we gonna respect Kingdom Come on this podcast? Oh God, the CD was terrible. But it's under. It's got some. It's not, Kingdom Come is not actually. I, I've tried it's to run it at least five times. I just cannot do it. I'm sorry. Um, but the favorite song on it's actually uh, going to be same as Tribbles. I really did like Blueprint too. It was kind of cool. He came, he kind of uh, dotted the I's and crossed the T's as far as the uh, rap beef was concerned. I liked the beat, especially when the game took it and uh, put it on 300 bars. That really made me appreciate it even more. But yeah, that, that's probably my favorite song. Uh, other than that, I, I it's I listen to Jay Z often enough. It, this CD, I barely come back to, honestly. I'm just being completely honest with you guys. Hmm, that's interesting. I guess it does kind of, you got to run it back. To me, like I said, I'm obviously biased. I love the Blueprint, too. But what I will say is that one album that I did kind of overrate in Jay-Z's catalog that I listened to recently was uh, Volume 3. No, was it Volume 3? No, Volume Volume 2, I ran it back. I'm like, uh, it's not as great as I thought I thought it was, if that makes sense. Like, it's got its high points, but. It just kind of kind of rolls on, but yeah, that's that's definitely uh, some interesting takes on that. But that being said, I have to roll. I will probably add my takes to a couple things. I did want to talk about the Miles Garrett thing, but I'm sure Marcus will have plenty to say on that. Uh, fuck Mason Rudolph. Uh, I have no sympathy for that clown. Um, I have I have no I have no sympathy for racist. I think that uh, you know he got all the smoke he was looking for. Like he started it, Garrett finished it. It is what it is. I do not agree that Garrett should have used his helmet, but like the most of these media outlets, the entire story of what transpired. I feel like that is very that is lacking journalistic integrity to only tell half the story. You tell the whole story and let people form their own opinions instead of framing it in the way that Mason Rudolph is this innocent lily white victim, like they usually do with white people in America when it comes to big black men. So uh, that is my hot take. I will get more hot takes on here. Follow us on Twitter. Retweet the podcast. If not, your mom's a garden tool, meaning she's a hoe. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Way to way to jump off of the podcast. Gotta love Breeze. That was wow. Was so really with that being said, I guess we might as well hop right on it. So thoughts on the uh, Miles Garrett with the Mason Rudolph? Everybody. Well, let me. I guess I'll start because mine they they may not echo exactly what Breeze is saying, but one, let me start off by saying I I do not now that the now that the suspension is out, I do not agree with the length of the suspension, but I am here for him being suspended, Garrett being suspended for his action. I think it was yeah, it was in the heat of the moment, but it was still like a very scary situation. Um that could have been a tragic situation. So I do believe you do put out a punishment for those actions because that should have not happened. But what we got to discuss, I think, and what people are missing and, and people are saying, oh, you're trying to equate multi all these things swinging and all this together, is that Mason Rudolph played a part in the story. The the Immediately the next day after the play happened, I, I go on to ESPN 
excuse me, I walk into my break room and ESPN is on and the headline is Miles Garrett hits Rudolph uh, with helmet. And I'm like, the, the headline should really be is why did Miles Garrett hit such and such with, I mean, excuse me, hit uh, Rudolph with the helmet. Like, let's talk about the whole scenario. Yes, we can focus on what the actions that happened, the egregious act that happened, but this is not in Miles Garrett's like, I guess, DNA or day-to-day. Like, he doesn't do this every Sunday on the football field so we can notice, like, oh, this is what he does. This was something that most people in the NFL characterize as something that they've never seen before. So my question is, if we've never seen that type of, like, anger or this aggression before, let's look at why did it happen? And I think that's the question that no one wants to talk about. We even, like, within the discussion, we've gotten so far to say, like, what if he would have got hit and he died? He didn't, but we were scared to ask what happened before when we know something had to happen before he swung the helmet. So I just, I, I agree with him being suspended, but I think the lack of representation or the, or the lack of attention that we're putting on it. I know I saw Max Kellerman and I think it was, I don't want to butcher her name, Josina Anderson. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Like they were two people that kind of stuck their neck out to echo that. And even some NFL players um, spoke about, Mason Rudolph kind of getting the attention. No one is asking for him to get suspended indefinitely, but it's it says something that about four people were involved in that incident, and only one person didn't get in, get a suspension out of that out of that whole ordeal. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I, I I think the one of the main issues that I that I have with this is one like I I agree with Tribbles like the uh, the conversation with the with the media and certain people that is going around with this thing how they're talking about you know you know miles garrett should be arrested you know he's a thug he's resorting to street behavior like using the whole using that coded language you know with the dog whistling stuff like i'm not i i don't like that i i'm never a fan of that um and another thing um the other thing that i'm not a fan of is the inconsistency that the nfl has with these types of things because this game was played on Sunday night, primetime game. Everybody was – well, I don't know if everybody was, everybody was watching at that point because I wasn't. It was a, it was literally like the second-to-last play of the game. And because everybody was watching, everybody sees it. Oh, no, no, it was a Thursday night game. So everybody saw it. Everybody's watching. And that's the only thing to talk about the next day on Friday. Like, there's nothing else to talk about except basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, if this had happened on Sunday, you have other things to maybe talk about. But because it happened on Thursday night, it's a big deal. Everybody's watching, and it's going to be the main talking point. And the reason why the NFL is inconsistent on this is because it was this season, in the preseason, week two, Dolphins versus – I can't remember who the Dolphins were playing. but I think it was the Raiders. The Dolphins versus Raiders in preseason week two. The same thing happened. Two offensive linemen were going at each other. One offensive lineman ripped the guy's helmet off. And after he ripped his helmet off, he swung him in the face. And the suspension that he got was he got suspended for two preseason games and one regular season game. Now, Miles Garrett is getting suspended for the rest of the season and possibly playoffs. I don't, what's it, week? It's week 11 or week 10? It's week 11? Whatever week it is. He's, he's getting suspended more than three games. That type of inconsistency, I don't, I don't like. Like, if you're gonna punish them, follow the rules that are, you know, placed out there. Because, because it happened in the preseason game, nobody saw it, nobody cared. So, two games, regular season game, forget about it. it happens on Thursday night, it's a bigger deal. Suspended for the rest of the league, and people are talking about he needs to be out of the NFL. My thing is, is if you watch that entire situation from the beginning all the way up until when Miles Garrett ripped off Mason Rudolph's helmet, you could throw that under what you would call a scuffle, an NFL scuffle where players are heated. It's the heat of the moment. A team is losing. People are angry. Tempers are flaring. A person felt like they got hit late. They're tussling around, fighting, jostling. They don't want to be seen as backing down or being a punk or they want to man up they want to toughen up do, doing what football players do they're angry they're 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 hyped up up until that moment you could you could throw that under the umbrella of a, a scuffle 
Like, you could literally see that every week in any game of the NFL season. You kind of see that in the NBA also. That's a scuffle. You see that all the time. What Miles Garrett did is something you rarely see. Now, obviously, I said it happened this season, but outside of that, we rarely see stuff like that happen, if ever. And it's honestly, it is one of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen. Like, if I and I thought about it, like there's Albert Hainsworth stepping on a guy's head, um, Odell Beckham spearing Josh Norman in the head with his helmet, Gronkowski, uh, like pile driving a guy that ended up getting hurt, and he only got suspended. And and that's another thing the language around it when Gronkowski did what he did the media wasn't up in arms like trying to throw him out of the league because he when he when he did what he did a player actually got hurt and missed games and he only got suspended for one game Miles Garrett didn't hurt like he didn't injure Mason Rudolph but he suspended for six to seven games so it's again it's the inconsistency of the NFL and the media but at the end of the day I still feel like Everybody that got punished deserved the punishment they got. And the fact that Mason Rudolph didn't get any punishment, even though he started it, that's sports for the most part. Like, plenty of people start something, and then the other guy finishes it, but the guy that finished it is the one that got solved, so they get in trouble. Like, it's it's normal. I don't, I don't understand the idea of, like, well, Mason Rudolph needs to be suspended for a game, too, because he started it. But now, no, no. Now, but just, it, just because why, you took, he, he, what he did was part of the game. Like, you could see that no, in a game. But once the and helmet, the once part, the helmet the is off, the, once the helmet is off and Mason Rudolph then turns to charge towards a person who is now being restrained by your, by your, your offensive lineman, he's diffusing the situation. The situation has now been diffused. You are on your game. Come on. No. No, no, it, no, it, no. It, at, at, at that point, that's when Mason that got in trouble in my eyes. At that point, that's when Mason, that's it. That's where, that's where the suspension comes in at. Because at that point, the fight, the scuffle, the NFL scuffle, you just decided. They don't suspend people for that. That's a lot. People do, well, I, do I, I don't, do I don't have the week. background right now. I don't have it right now, but I'm pretty sure if I sit down, I can find a lot of... Ex- you're going to have people that are going to get fined hundreds and... Well, not hundreds of thousands, but multiple thousands of dollars for just coming off the bench during that situation. So to say that a person that ran up on a player who then... In- I mean, he intentionally swung yeah. the helmet, but unintentionally got hit. Like, he does nothing happens to him? Come on. No, I mean, pe- people don't get suspended. Like, I've seen coaches being held back on the sideline and screaming, ripping, yelling at referees. They don't get suspended for that. Like, if you get into a pushing, shoving, shouting match and you're going, like, you're going after a player and you have to be restrained, at the most you might get kicked out of the game, but you're not getting suspended for that. And, he- and here's my thing. I also, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, like, defending Mason Rudolph. Like, Mason Rudolph went out there looking for that smoke. He went out there looking for it and – he got he was not prepared for what Miles Garrett had for him. Like, and that's that like this is all Mason Rudolph's fault. The fact that well, I don't want to say that. Mason Rudolph went looking for something that he wasn't ready, that he wasn't prepared to deal with. And that's on him. You know what I'm saying? But it's also on Miles Garrett for taking it that far. Like what he did was not part of the game. Like you could see people playing flag football doing what they did outside of hitting another person with a helmet. That's part of sports. That's part of what about the kick in the nuts thing, though, man? But what it about ha- the optics? It, ha- it does happen. What and about the optics? The like, they don't was... kick people in the nuts, yes, man. Yes, yes. Or see, grab you... them in the nuts. He what? kicked and grabs him in the nuts. Yo, okay, okay. Have y'all, okay. As someone who I have not been grabbing the nuts, I've listened Marcus. to a lot of sports radio. <laughs> no, no, no. I've listened to a lot of sports radio. I've listened to a lot of interviews where players are talking about what happens at the bottom of a fumble pile. Have you heard these stories? Yeah, They're I've been in some fumble piles. I know what happens. People so the idea of someone, So the idea of someone like and and I've watched the video a few times like if you do it in slow motion and do a screen grab, it's kind of sort of looks like he kicked him in the nuts, but watching the video there's no like 100% like I can guarantee you that's what he was doing. If no, I when he when he rushed him the second time, he grabbed his nuts. Yeah, he grabbed him, yeah. If I do a freeze frame, yeah, it looks like he was doing it, but when you watch the video, it's like that could have been unintentional. My to thing me, is, is I don't know if he did that on purpose, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to act like a player who, if he did or did not intentionally grab someone by the nuts or kick him in the nuts, is something that bad compared to what happens at the bottom of fumble, fumble piles. Mason Rudolph should have at least got a game. For what? 
he instigated it. If he if he doesn't, they don't do come that. charging it at him. That is but not at that that point, you're just standing your ground. But how does you're everyone involved, even the guy that was the restrainer, the one that was restraining Garrett, so that it didn't escalate, got suspended? So how's all yeah, the Castro didn't get suspended? He didn't. Mm-mm. So it was the, the guy, guy that pushed him. It was Pouncey. Yeah, the guy, the, the people that the people that got suspended, Pouncey, the black people. Let's say it. The person that stomped, <laughs> look, the person that stomped on the player, he got suspended. The person that pushed the quarterback to the ground after whatever, he got suspended for a game. The person that swung a helmet and hit someone got suspended. We don't just like there. I don't feel like you're gonna find a lot of scenarios where someone who started a started something that became something bigger gets suspended. I don't feel like you're gonna find that. You're not gonna find a lot of that, if any. Like there, you're not. You're by doing that, you're essentially saying like, hey, if you start a fight, if you start a fracas. If you go up and get in someone's face, suspended. You know how many people are going to get suspended? Like, and I feel like in school that would happen. The instigator got time too. It's just how it happened, especially if you put your hands on somebody. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, Mason Rudolph is a clown and then he gets up on the podium. Oh, well, it was cowardly. Blah, blah, blah. Sad and yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that either. Like you can't you can't do what you did on that field and then go to the press conference. And that's the thing with the whole coded language, stro- stroking the fire, and then like his lawyers talking about, oh, we might, we might take legal action. Nigga, you play football in the NFL. No, you cannot talk about, oh, we're gonna take uh the legal action because he hit me too hard. Like honestly, it would be better because I've seen this, I saw it this past year, this during this season. I would rather get hit in the head the way Miles Garrett or the way Mason Rudolph got hit by Miles Garrett than to be hit the way I think it was the Jets quarterback. Miles Garrett hit the Jets quarterback. It was like weeks four or five. He hit that nigga so hard that he broke his leg. Like he broke the quarterback's leg. And it was a legal, clean hit. And that that's but that and that's the game that they're playing. So we're talking about you possibly intentionally or unintentionally hitting him in the nuts or maybe trying to take his helmet off, that's the worst of your problems. Like, you could literally get your leg broken from a legal hit. Like, Mason Rudolph, you can't talk about suing or taking legal action when that is a possibility. Are you going to sue everybody that tackles you too hard? Like, that, that I don't like that shit. So, so and this is just going to be the to kind of wrap it up. Actually, we're going to move forward uh, when you talk about suing. So, of course, I... Unless you've been living under the rock for the past couple of years, a shout out to the rock. Uh, you would know about uh, Colin Kaepernick and his situation. Uh, today was a little bit of get back for a couple people on the podcast. Uh, it has been uh, reported that Jay Z was the one that uh, really pushed to orchestrate this. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys thoughts on uh, Kaepernick getting another opportunity? Jay Z getting a little little aha moment. What What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm, I know triple. I know triples is going to go on a little bit longer than me. I might. Yeah, let, let Marcus go. Let me, let me, yeah. Cap, cap, cap. He's not. He's done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been three years, bro. They they don't want you in there. Like people claim they do, they don't. Like you hate to see it, but it is what it is at this point. He ain't getting signed. He ain't. He's never playing in the NFL again. And I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Um, so in short, I agree with Marcus. Um, and I, and I'm going to tell you why I don't think Cap is going to be back in the league. I don't think the question was never, could he play like football? I think we all know he can play football. I think we all, when we found out he was still working out five or six times a week, whatever his schedule is, like we still knew he could throw the ball with some of the, the press that he did after the workout, the language, the body language, like those owners are not feeling that like it's honestly his attitude is the reason why he doesn't have a job do i agree with that stance no i absolutely don't but you can't you can't really pop shit to a whole bunch of you know owners and then say hey give me a job i'm I'm talking shit you know talking shit to you like that that doesn't really work um so I do hope I'm wrong. I'm, I hope me and Marcus are, are wrong, and I hope somebody, the Bears, cough, cough, who desperately need a quarterback, like, immediately. Um, I hope one of these teams um, gives him a call. But I do, I just think, though I understand his intentions, I think the way it's going to come off 
to the NFL, like with him last minute saying, hey, I'm not even going to show up to this. I'm going to do my own thing. The media, the coaches, y'all come over here. Like, although I, I'm, I'm proud of that, him taking ownership, him, you know, making a bag off of that because Nike is going to make that a promo ad. Like, him finding a way to still stimulate his pockets, stay close to his cause, and do things on his own terms. Like, as a as a as a black person, as a black woman, like I'm I'm proud of that. I I, I champion that. I put my fists up to that. But if I'm looking how we're supposed to move in this court, you know, this corporate society, this world, it's like, nigga, you did the wrong fucking thing. Like you was just supposed to throw this ball, say like, hey, these niggas fucked up, but whatever. I'm here for a new, you know, new new leaf. Get signed and then pop your shit. But, I mean, he's doing what he wants to do. I think his actions outside of football is going to be the reason why they don't sign him again. But in regards to Hove, like, it, it's it's pretty much anybody that was that is, like, pro-Hove had that same stance in the beginning. Like, yes, the optics with the NFL look completely bad. It was nothing that we could defend on our optics side. But it was just, like, you have to wait and see. And from the title partnerships with them doing their playlists, the, the podcasting, that is streaming on title for the from the players coalition, like all these different things, like they're slowly but surely happening. So it's just really like, congratulations, Hope. This is this is a step, but let's see what else you can you you know what else you can do. So I'm I'm clapping like ha ha yeah I told you so, but it's also like all right Hope this is just a pinch in the bucket. Like what else can we do? So um, congratulations Hope, but th- we still got a lot of work. Clearly a lot of work to do, especially you know with. Uh, sniffles bringing up the whole ordeal about uh, sentencing and things like that like we still got a lot of work to do within the NFL but this is a good ha ha good win good point moment for the you know the Jehovah's Witnesses we we deep okay yeah we are well I guess I'm not a Jehovah's Witness but y'all are deep um, I, I didn't even know until you guys had just uh, brought it up that he had I, I knew that the venues had changed I didn't know the reasoning uh, I guess beyond that, uh, beyond that, you yeah, you're probably done in the league. Um, I mean, it, it was it was a good way to get a one final shot. Uh, it just is what it is. You had a good career. Uh, sayonara. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing I can really say to defend you as far as being an NFL quarterback, because it's like they they gave you this, and I understand that it it feels a little bit weird. But then you take what they do for you, leave a lot of people in the dark, and just decide to, hey, do your own thing. That's cool. You know, as a black man, I also I stand up, hey, for that. But you're going to play in their league. You're going to have to follow their rules. So you obviously don't want to. So shout out to Cap, though. Always going to rap. Yeah, shout out to Cap. But I just want to say, like, publicly, I really dislike Eric Reed. Like, and I just really hope tomorrow – that the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, please win, but I just want you guys to embarrass Eric. I just really like it's just something about his persona. I just really don't like the persona he gives off. So I stand with Cap. I support Cap. I really hope Cap is okay. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. But fuck Eric. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're not going to just gloss over that. Tell us why Why do you not like Eric Reed's stance or persona? It's not, it's not really his stance. Like, I, I just don't want to me, I think. Eric's pops so much shit about the NFL. Like, it's just so, like, so much about the NFL. But yet you still, every Tuesday or Monday, whenever they deposit NFL checks, like, you gracefully take this money. You go out and play this game. And I know people say, yeah, he loves the game and blah, blah, blah. But it's multiple ways that you can love football and still get back. You know, we see it with high school coaching. We see a lot of these high school, I mean, these NFL players, um, I think it's Josh McCowan or some somebody, one of those like wash QB quarterbacks is now a head coach in, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like we see these NFL coaches giving back and staying close to the, the game that they love, whether it's in broadcasting. Like if you hate the NFL so much, why are you still there? Like if, if, if everything that the NFL does, whether it's a legitimate attempt, whether it's a shady attempt, like you always have something to say, yet you still give your all every Sunday and you still catch those checks. So it, I, I don't know. I just don't like how he moves, like as a, as a human being. It's like I, I really want him to pick a side and ride it. Honestly, that's what I'm looking at. Okay, and that's understandable. Um, are, are we doing a Marcus Music Minute this well, week? Well, I was gonna real quick say that I I feel like we can all agree that all the NFL owners are cowards. Like this this Ka- Kaepernick thing wouldn't be an issue if when he got released. 
a team would have just signed him like that year. This wouldn't be a thing, but the longer they don't sign him, the longer they keep pulling up, they keep calling the Mark Sanchez's, the, you know, Brian Hoyers, the Matt Hasselbacks, these quarterbacks that haven't been in the league for two or three years, maybe even longer, who are older and never has been as good as Kaepernick, the bigger of a deal this becomes. And, you know, like, and Adolphus can, can attest to this. He's a Jaguars fan. Like, oh, this going to bring that up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to say, like, two or three years ago, that defense was historically top 10. Yeah. Like, that was a Super Bowl ready yes. defense. And yes. they, and, and Tom Coughlin was too scared to sign Colin Kaepernick because he didn't feel like his fan base could, you know, uh, handle whatever comes with Colin Kaepernick. I don't think it was his fan base. I think uh, his true colors were shown on that one. Yeah, either either way, he put his own his own feelings, agenda, whatever, ahead of the team and ahead of winning. And that's – I don't know how you can look at your players and tell them to put their bodies on the line and to sacrifice everything that they need to do to play defense that way and for you to hide under your desk when a quarterback is out there that is better than Blake Bortles. Like – it's, it's just, with a legit arm, with a cannon. And, and it's just a, a, a competent quarterback. Like, if the Jaguars had competency at quarterback, they at least go to the Super Bowl, at the very least, and they probably win. But because, you know, owners out here, you know, scared of whatever, or they're, you know, pushing their own agenda, I just think it's – I think it's 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 just wrong. But uh, I guess for the, the music minute, I was listening to – um, Isaac Hayes the other day, and I was thinking how I feel like he's not really uh, mentioned when we talk about like old school singers like you know the Barry Whites and the um, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, Barry Whites. Like he's kind of mentioned in that like second tier. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, it's like I always wonder if an artist like him would make it in 2019 and maybe not just specifically him but an artist like an artist a male singer with a deep voice and i was i i look across like the r&b landscape and the to the best of my knowledge the the male r&b singer with the deepest voice out there is john legend and that can't it can't be that i was thinking cat was it khalid 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 Mm -mm. I don't, I don't, I don't view his voice in the same way as like a Teddy Pendergrass, like that real deep, like, like real masculine, like I'm here and you're, you're like, you're listening to him and you're like, I don't want to say you're fearful of them, but you're paying attention because of how deep and how manly their voices are. Like we don't have that today. And I feel like there's a hole where someone could fill that void and kind of, you know, shoot up and be like a, a big, I don't want to say a big star, but you know, Ride that wave, and and the song I was uh, listening to was uh, the Look of Love, and I I was wondering had it been sampled before, and obviously it was sampled on like uh, Jay Z's first uh, album, and um, a song by Shanti Rain on me. So like if you if you if once you hear it, you know where you've heard that song from, and I, I just you know I just kind of feel like Isaac Hayes needs to be. Uh, some respect needs to put on that. Be put on that man's name. Like he's more than just a, a guy from South Park. Like he's got some good. He's got some good songs. Some great songs and big wide we, catalog. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't make. And I, I feel old even saying this, but we don't make R and B singers like that anymore. Like there was that. Did y'all see the video of Teddy Pendergrass going on the timeline where he's like, it looks like he's just doing a stand up routine, but he's singing. Like we don't have that type of male artist who really like who's going to drop some bass in it. Like, we got Chris Brown and, you know, Six Lack, Tory Lanez, Bryson Tiller. Like, they're fine. The auto-tune singers. Yeah, but it's auto-tune. It's more like, it's just like, I don't want to, I don't want to call them weak, but it's not masculine. Like, there's a, like, when, when you put on some Barry White, when you put on some Teddy Pendergrass, and he's like, close the door, you're like, nigga, shut the door god damn like all right nigga i'll shut the door you know what i'm saying like (laughs) you ain't got that right now and i feel like someone could be out there doing that and i yeah it does make me sound old but 
it is what it is. I'll, I'll be that. I kind of feel like honestly, um, because I, I'm a huge Isaac Hayes fan. Uh, grew up uh, the first time I had ever. My dad used to play a lot of it, but um, definitely loved the movie Dead Presidents. Uh, at the end, or it was at some point towards the end when they play Walk On By, and just um, what a lot of things are going on in life. Like whenever I have anybody that's close to me that passes away or passes on. Like that's the the song I play, and like when I just look at that song and just how deep it is, you know, like you you often don't get like real men saying, "Hey, you know, just walk on by, let me be my foolish pride," and just different things like that. So I, I kind of think, in a sense, it's because because I don't feel like Barry White gets a lot of what he should get, but definitely Isaac Hayes, because it's like he was putting out hits with whole live bands, orchestras. Well, I, maybe maybe it's, I feel like you you agree with me on this, like at, while we were growing up, like Barry White was, he was considered corny, right? For us, for our age, like growing up, it was like, oh, you putting on some Barry White? Oh, oh, you oh yeah. Get some drugs, <laughs> like if you listen to Barry White, Barry White was a good ass singer, like a legit singer. He wasn't that like, he was not here bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, we gotta, and like, and I didn't, I didn't grow up on Isaac Hayes. Like, I kind of got into him as I got older because it was like, you know, back then it was like Barry White and Teddy Pendergrass. But like these these guys were legit singers. Like they, you can go to YouTube and find videos of them singing live, and it sounds great and with their deep voices. And it's just like, wow, man, I I, I slept on this dude. Like these guys are legit artists out here. Oh, yeah, they definitely are, and they definitely should be uh, respected uh, in that light. Uh, like I was saying, just Isaac Hayes had a had a wonderful career, has a whole lot of hits, a whole lot of songs that are sampled, and it's just a shame that, like, the younger generation, they're just going to know him from South Park. It's a shame. Yeah, that's bad. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like it, but you know, the kids like what they like. Oh yeah, I might cut on hot butter soul when I uh, when I get off of this podcast. So anyway, we've reached that hour mark. Any hot takes? Anything else anyone would like to say today? Um, let's see. I, I feel like I gotta say something controversial on this. Show. <laughs> uh, I usually don't get to be on here often. Um. I don't know, but follow the Ox DJ for real, for real this time, y'all. We we've been in a process of just making sure everything is legal. I've I've made some some really strong connections, guys. So be on the lookout in December. We're giving away some money, so that's a that's an exclusive. You guys are finding out what almost two weeks early, but we're gonna give away probably about about two hundred dollars um, over the. Over the month of December, and we may be able to give out a little bit more in January to get y'all in the gym. So, be on the lookout. Follow us at the Aux A U X DJ. So, yeah, look out and go get some money. No doubt. And uh, technically, you know what? I actually thought about you earlier today, and I was like, I really need to when I get off of my social media hiatus. I wanted to reach out to you since we live in a close vicinity. We should hang out sometimes. You know, go to Tupelo Honey. Or something like that. Listen, the shrimp and grits. I'm, I'm with it. Let's do it. I, I'm the pancake and, and chicken. You know, fried chicken. But hey, definitely, uh, we do need to do that. Uh, well, I don't have on the, on the podcast. You hear it? Like we we gonna go out? Just gotta hit me up. I'm in the city. I definitely will because I'm in the well. I'm on the outskirts, but I'm in the city too. So <laughs> me have no hot takes this week. Uh, just shout out to El Chapo for not showing up. You know, it is what it is, my nigga. I, my, my, I guess my hot take is uh, People Magazine came out with the Sexiest Man Alive edition this year. John Legend, really? John Legend is the sexiest man you could find this year in 2019. In the year where we have Chris Evans, Chadwick Boseman, Sterling K. Brown, Brad Pitt, The Rock, Keanu Reeves, Idris Elba, Michael B. Jordan. Nigga, John Legend, really? The youth pastor is a no sex appeal, no sex appeal at all. I've never in my life heard a single woman describe John Legend 
as sexy. Ever. Okay, but wait. Ever. A couple of years ago, they did Blake Shelton, so you kind of got to take it with a grain but of salt. But Blake Shelton type fine now. Like I can see, like I when they had, like this is my thing. Even if I'm not attracted to you on my day to day, when people announce it, uh, announces the sexiest man, I should feel like, oh, I can see why. When they announced Blake Shelton, I looked. I said, mm, okay, like you know, my mother was attracted to to Blake Shelton. She put me on game, so it's like. You can kind of understand it, but it's nothing about like John Legend has no facial hair, he has no body, he just has a voice. Yeah, they and, talked about that on the Tom Joyner morning <laughs> show. They were just like, uh, I think Tom Joyner was like, if I was out with my wife, that that'd be the last guy that I would think could take my wife from me. Like the last guy. Like, why can't you get a guy that can fix something or kind of scruffy, manly guy? You just pick John Legend. I felt like I felt like if my wife went out to the club and she was a little bit tipsy, like not trash drunk, but a little bit tipsy, and the only man there that could give her a ride home was John Legend, I'd feel pretty good about that. I'm like, yeah, he ain't gonna do shit. What's he gonna do? He's not gonna give her a look. You're gonna put on. You're gonna put on ordinary people. Get her to drop them drawers, John. Get the fuck out of here, People Magazine. John Legend, sexiest man. Does he have any sexy songs like that? But I think I just think it was. I think it was. No, he had the time of your night, the life song. Um, that was on the Think Like a Man soundtrack. That was like the most sexiest John Legend song I can think of. <laughs> and I just really think that Chris Jenner, because she's very good friends with Chrissy Teigen, Chrissy just probably called in the fix and was like, "Yo, I need some press. Make some shit happen, sis." And boom, nah, Chris, here we are. Chrissy, 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 Chrissy Teigen fucks Zach Galifianakis. I don't believe it. Look it up. Look that it up. That could be true. That could Go be true. <laughs> Those what? babies still don't have no color. <laughs> wow, that is wow. I I don't even know what to say. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I, I, that's I, my hot take. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, well, anyway, uh, thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, Shit, I don't even know what to say after that. Chrissy Teigen, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> thank y'all for tuning in as always. Uh, thank you very much, as Tribbles, for coming through. Uh, definitely uh, check her out at the Ox DJ. Uh, follow her, just like she said. Uh, we are the Committee Podcast, as always. Signing out. Catch us every Monday, motherfuckers. But y'all know that's true. <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you. Articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.